Sandwich Talk. I'm Carlos, your host, and this is my chance to sit down with some friends, talk about our favorite sandwiches, and dive into some new ones, too. This week, we're munching on the Philly, the Falafel, and the Shrimp Po' Boy, all from Detroit 75 Kitchen in Detroit, Michigan. My guest is Peter Croce, a curator of all things groove, event creator, and one of the best DJs to dance to today. We had a lot of fun talking about these sandwiches and our favorite recent additions to the city, too. So hug up to your favorite sandwich. Thanks a lot for listening and enjoy the show. On the show today, we've got a good friend of mine, uh, one of the best ears to turntables that I've had the pleasure of dancing with, my friend Peter. Okay, now here's where I'm going to ask. Take two. It's Croce. Is it Croce? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Peter Croce. What's up, man? Thank you so much for the uh, kind intro. I see, I've. I was going to say the way that I've been saying your last name forever. What's that? I was always thinking it was Croce or Croce. Yeah, that's closer to the Italian pronunciation. My family just, I don't know. You can choose how you want to pronounce your name. So how do you say it again? Croce. Croce. Yeah. They try to Americanize it for like reasons. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fine. I like Croce. It sounds nice. Thanks, man. (laughs) I just like to keep people on their toes because everyone knows Jim Croce, the guitarist. Yeah. I thought it was Croce. There you go. Or Croach. Yeah. Like maybe you Americanized it that way. Like Coach. <laughs> hey, Croach, get in there. <laughs> Eat that sandwich. <laughs> um, I said that you have amazing ears because your skills on a turntable are unbelievable. Um, Thank you. And I've seen you do DJ work around, time for a, around town for a long time, but... Uh, for the folks at home that don't know you as well as I do, yeah, how would you describe yourself in like maybe 37 seconds? All right. So uh, I'm a DJ, producer, multi-instrumentalist, and I have a record label called Rocksteady Disco. Whoa, whoa. I uh, DJ around town. I DJ nationally, internationally, make music and put out other people's music. And it all kind of falls in this like deep house, disco, uh, Afro-Brazilian sort of eclectic genre situation to make people want to dance yeah yeah which you do a good job at oh thank you <laughs> you've had a lot of amazing parties around the city for a long time uh sermon being one of the the most steady parties that i think you've done for a long time now yeah um how did you get started doing what you do today pure naivety um <laughs> i got really lucky i guess i i moved to detroit in 2013 by that point, I'd been DJing for a year in Lansing, Michigan, and I, I played a couple of great parties there. There's some good promoters out there, and I still go out once a year to play. But when I moved to Detroit, um, the main places I liked dancing at were Temple Bar and Motor City Wine. And I happened to move down the street from Motor City Wine, and um, I had a friend that happened to throw a one-off party at Temple Bar. He was visiting from London. His name's Dickon Stone. And it was a great party with Jay Daniel DJing and he plugged me in with George, the owner of Temple Bar, and that was um, about six years ago now. So, wow. yeah, I just I just went for it. I didn't really know who I was supposed to talk to or, you know, who are there gatekeepers or, or am I good <laughs> to do this? I just kind of just went for it, and um, I got really lucky. With Motor City Wine, I noticed they didn't have DJs uh, Friday evenings, and I really wanted to do, like, a patio happy hour thing, and so I, I kind of pitched them. And they were like, oh, yeah, we've actually been considering having a Friday happy hour thing. So it's just like right place, right time. And I got that gig because I said I like to play Sade a lot. (laughs) (laughs) A total Motor City Wine vibe. Yeah, he was there for it. I sent him a track list for a mix I did. And he was like, I didn't listen to the mix. Track list was great. Can you start start next week? (laughs) If you know, you know, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And now he's like my older brother. I know, right? Yeah. I ended up seeing uh, Dave and Melissa DJ in Tokyo last year. Oh, you were there at that time? That's the most surreal thing about traveling is when you're in another city and your friends are there doing cool stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, it's like you feel at home. And uh, Hassan Musulmani was there too. Really? So we had a giant Detroit party in Tokyo. Amazing. (laughs) Which is good, especially I loved my time in Tokyo, but it is... 
it doesn't feel like home at all to me. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's a really different vibe. So oh, if you yeah. have a couple of friends you can speak English with <laughs> and, and talk about whatever, it's just like, it makes a trip so much better. 100% because you're so out of your element Yes, that you have no choice but to inundate them yourself in their element. Yep. But it's cool when you bring other people along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. When you can balance it too. I mean, that's kind of why we travel is to right. feel weird, <laughs> feel different, experience different things. Uh, I do have a very important question for you today. Yeah. Have you had a sandwich yet? Today? Yeah. No, I I woke up too late. Oh. If I would have woken up earlier, I maybe would have walked to Marrow and had a sandwich. Oh, yeah. You live Marrow distance. Yeah. That's like my wake up fried after a crazy weekend, walk to Marrow, get the sandwich, eat Dude, it at the bar. Just the sandwich that they have wrapped in the cooler there? Yeah. Which one, veg or the meat? I always go for the meat one, uh, but... I've heard the vegetarian one is very good, and I will eventually eat that one. They're both really good. Yeah, I like places that don't give you options. Back to the <laughs> Japan thing. It's like, this is what we have today. If yeah. you want a sandwich, you're going to eat this one. <laughs> and I really like that. Speaking of options, we have three options of sandwiches that we've been fed today from our guest, Detroit 7-5 Kitchen. Uh, is it Detroit? I, I forgot to ask Mo again. It's either Detroit 7-5 or Detroit 75. I've heard it said both ways. Oh, man. I thought I always saw a 75. Cool. That works for me. What's important is that the food is great. Yeah, which I think it is great. <laughs> we uh, On the first few episodes of the podcast that you can find on SoundCloud, this one specifically, we did Detroit 75 Kitchen with um, Corey from Mitten Crate. Oh, nice. And these are three different sandwiches. Actually, this one, the, uh, the first one we're going to eat is the only sandwich that is from that podcast, but the other two we didn't eat. Oh, cool. Well, one of them's not on the menu, right? We got kind of... Totally. Bespoke yeah. sandwich action. We got the hookup. <laughs> um, so we've got three sandwiches, the Philly cheesesteak, the falafel, which we got the customizable version. Yes. And then right now on their special sandwich, the thing that they've been talking about is the shrimp po' boy. So I'm going to say, let's just dive into this first one first. Sounds um, good. Do you want to take a bite of that Philly cheesesteak first? Yep. Here we go. Um, while you're eating that, I'll describe what it looks like. We've got, it's like a toasted sesame seed bun. Damn, dude. That was a big bite. <laughs> gotta get it right the first time. <laughs> um, it's got the, oh, I see a nice little slice of jalapeno there, slice of tomato, some Philly cheesesteak, cheese, lettuce. Um, he's at Detroit 75 Kitchen. They're known for their spices and mushrooms. And um, I think the flavor of the bun mixed in with the oils that you get are really something special that they have there. So what are you thinking, man? How's, how's it taste? How's dude, this it is so much better than I... Like, I knew it was going to be good, but this is even better. I mean, it's not like your typical Philly cheesesteak. I know there's contention in Philadelphia mm -hmm. of like, okay, do you put melted provolone on it or do you put the squeezed cheese? This is like its own brand of Philly cheesesteak, mm -hmm. I feel like. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really speaking to me. Damn, I got a big bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't even like see the cheese on it. But the, but it's definitely got that creaminess and that like umami kind of thing going on. Mm -hmm. I gotta take another bite. Hold on. Uh, it's definitely creamy. I think it's like a mayo, almost like a garlic in there too. Mm -hmm. And I think I don't know. It's it's definitely a little oily from the sauce, the drippings that are coming off of there. Mm -hmm. All together though, good flavor. The cheese is there. It's just like melted yeah. and almost like invisible now. <laughs> I think that's okay. Maybe yeah. it's because we got it like a half hour ago, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's still delicious, and it's not cold yet. It's no. just cooler. And I like the the bun. Is it's a lot of times paninis just get way too dry, mm -hmm. and this is not at all. It's a uh, a nice amount of sesame seed on it. Mm. Yeah, I'm about this. This is usually a finger licker. However, <laughs> with coronavirus running rampant. I have a paper towel, which, um, safety first. One of the notes for today is I'm going to tell everybody to please wash their hands. Be safe, everybody. Yeah. Just sing God save the queen by the sex pistols while you wash your hands. And that'll be long. <laughs> that's long enough time. The whole song. Um, no, just a verse, the first verse. Okay. That's fine. Cause I feel like the whole song has got to be like three minutes and something, right? Yeah, it's Sex Pistols, so probably like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how fast it was that yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. 
Damn. Okay. I really enjoyed this one. Um, and it's reminding me of something that I want to tell you that I found out about a Philly cheesesteak sandwich incident this week that happened in California. Oh, no. This woman went to a Philly cheesesteak place. Yeah. Ordered a sandwich. Got it. Apparently hated it. But she came back without the sandwich because she already ate it and complained and asked for her money back. I, I think that's inappropriate. Well, she was arrested. Okay, not that inappropriate. Because <laughs> she ended up taking the glass tip jar and hurling it at somebody's head. Okay. <laughs> and so, violently being very angered at the staff at the place because they wouldn't refund her her money. I mean, we live in a society. You gotta... You're supposed to act like it. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to. Some people, they just don't get it sometimes. Oh, weird. But uh, I'm going to eat all this one, and I'm not going to ask for my money back because it was incredible. No. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to get another one soon. Another sandwich or another sandwich there? Another sandwich there. Okay, because we have two more of their sandwiches right in front of us. I know. I'm pacing myself. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to. A, we've got a tasty ad read jam, too, coming up, so I want you to hear this song real quick, all right? All right. All right, let's do it. Today's episode of Sandwich Talk is sponsored by Detroit 75 Kitchen. Located at 4800 West Fort Street in Detroit, Michigan, this permanent Southwest food truck has been serving bomb sandwiches on the side of a gas station and has no sign of stopping anytime soon. They're open Monday through Thursday, 10 through 6 p.m., and Friday until 8. Casamara Club. Inspired by the history and traditions of Italian Amaro, these Bon Appetit magazine highly recommended soft drinks are balanced, buoyant, and food-friendly highlighting the natural vibrancy of farm ingredients. With currently four varieties available, find them all over the country today by checking out their website at casamaraclub.com. And we're back. Today on the show, my friend Peter and I are finishing up the first sandwich, and we're ready for more. Yes. Of course. Um, we've got our second sandwich up now. Of the three that we've done... Or that we have here. I want to try this falafel, boy. All right, I'm in. So the falafel sandwich is typically done as like a shawarma, I yeah. believe, like a shawarma sandwich. Uh, but they were out, I think. Of we the did bread get the there time. a minute before close. Yeah, we were late. It was our fault. <laughs> yeah. I hate being that guy too. Yeah, but some, sometimes you just gotta call in the favor and go for it. <laughs> and Mo, Mo seemed hyped. I we showed up and it was. Damn, I, I felt bad because like the people working there were like, "Yeah, sorry, we're closed." And I was like, "No, it's it's six right now, though." Like, we I, literally can we speak to your manager, to them? <laughs> 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 like not word for word, but that's like basically what no, we did. I, mean, I didn't feel like I wanted to do that. I felt really bad about that. I could tell. I'm not. I'm not trying to put you on blast here or anything. I just. I'm just saying. Well, because I messaged them beforehand on Instagram, and I was like, "Hey, do you oh. are you guys going to be open at six? Like, yeah, um, I'm, I'm on my way right now, and, and I didn't get a response. Right. So, my I, fault. I mean, this is a real example of the end justifying the means because we have three sandwiches here. The first one was one of the best steak sandwiches I've had. Unreal. The pepper in it too. Yeah, that's one thing. So we barely even talked about the sandwich itself. Yeah. We the, can go back. The meat was so good. The yeah. the little bit of jalapeno pepper that was in there was actually really nice and spicy. Added something different. And I think that the spices overlaying everything inside of the sandwich with a little bit of the, like, the lettuce starts with yeah. crispiness, but then it's nice and soaked in with the juice, too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. That sounds wonderful. It was really good for me. But this next one is the falafel, and now we're getting it on a different bun. So this is on the bun that you would typically get the shrimp po' boy on so it's like a hoagie bun yeah it looks Damn. like it's been uh put on the press again as well yeah it has excited to try this i've tried a lot of falafel in my life because we attempt to eat vegetarian and it's a great protein you attempt to eat vegetarian yeah we cook 100 percent vegetarian and vegan at Good our for house you. yeah and we, we cook a mean falafel i was just talking to somebody last night about uh when you go out to eat something that you cook really well and you're like, why do I order this? I make this better. Why do I do this? And um, I've had a lot of falafel that I think is not as good as our falafel. <laughs> so I'm excited to try this one. Wow. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I, said, I said it. I said it. <laughs> Grab yourself a half then. Man. All right, here we I, go. I need you to take that first bite because 
I mean, I'm not going to be the judge. I don't make falafel at home right now. All right. Thank you. Dude, yes. Big bite. Big bites only. Mm-hmm. Changing the name of this podcast to Big Bites Only. <laughs> Whoa, this is really good on the bun. Sick. I've, I've never had falafel on a bun. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad that you're getting a chance. We've got a sauce here. It looks like it's a tahini. Um, put some of that on there. Oh, it is tahini. There's a little bit of falafel on the side. I'm just going to try the falafel. Oh, it's like kind of a garlicky mm. parsley tahini. Mm. It's not just the sesame seed. Falafel's really good. Let yeah, it's like... Take a bite of the sandwich while you're dissecting I'm, it. I'm assuming we've all had Bucharest, and, you know, they, like, put those, like, real tangy pickles on there. Mm. They give you that a nice tang. That's on here, but, like, in a much more sophisticated way, I would say. Mm-hmm. And tomatoes, lettuce... Oh, yeah. This is a really good sandwich. Good fresh tomatoes, crispy lettuce. The pickles are my favorite. I love these pickles. Syrian pickles are the greatest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the, the falafel itself, you just eat the falafel. It's like that. Falafel's not that many ingredients, right? It's like mm-hmm. chickpeas, oil, parsley, and onions. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's how you can make it screw it up. It's just a few things. It's really got that good balance of garlic and onion and, and the parsley. That hits you at the end. Can you please pass me the oh, extra yeah. tahini? The tahini on is just really good. That's why I want a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the side sauce is different from the sauce on it. Right? What? Is it tzatziki on the sandwich itself? It looks a little more white than the side sauce. Mmm. Okay, you're right. Yeah. It's more of like a garlic on the sandwich itself. And then tahini, that's part of it, off to the side. I feel like there's maybe a little bit on there as well, yeah, but not nearly as much. Like it, when you get it on the side, it's really just beefing in there. Yeah, it gets that extra mm-hmm. nuttiness from the sesame seed. One thing that I really like about the falafel too is that it's juicy. Uh-huh. You'll sometimes get the the falafel that's actually dry, and and crumbly, crumbly, and then you feel like you need to drink plenty of beverages, but nothing's ever going to do uh-huh. the justice. Unfortunately, there's a sandwich. That I do get fairly often that, like, you have to lather yeah. in hummus and baba ganoush and tabbouleh and garlic sauce in order to not have a burp or a Yeah, pickup. totally. Well, it's funny. We were, I was joking with Mo while we were getting the sandwich. Uh, he has a sign up that says, I won't even give substitutions to my mom. <laughs> And it was funny because he gives us this sandwich that is literally a substitution. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, we're going to talk about this, man. And, uh, I hope you can try this. It's really nice on the po' boy bread. Yeah, seriously. I really like the bun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that this is a substitution, <laughs> but I'm okay with it. I love it. I want to eventually try it with the normal uh, pita wrap or whatever it comes with. Yeah. I, I bet you it'd be good. I bet you it'd be very good. I I don't know. I like it like this, though. I, I really like the bun. I think if this bun is at least a little bit of, a, of an idea of what's to come on the shrimp pour, yeah. then we're in for a treat. No doubt. Because it's super, like, buttery almost of a bun. It's not a brioche. It's definitely like a a white Italian hoagie bun. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly, you're right. The other one. I feel at home with. Yeah, right. The, uh, (laughs) you and your Americanized ass. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Peter Croce loves. Peter Croce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the way it should be. That's when it comes out. (laughs) Do you ever introduce yourself like that? It's so funny. Whenever people like introduce me as as Peter Croce, I just don't correct them because but maybe I should. I mean, it's my name, but at the same time, I didn't choose my name. I don't, you know, if you're gonna pronounce it super wrong, I'll correct it. But um no, I've thought about I've thought about like maybe changing the pronunciation back. And my wife and I, we still haven't changed our name since we got married. And her last name is super uh Croatian. And so they, it ends, they pronounce it and it ends in ick, but mm-hmm. it's supposed to be ending in itch. Oh. <laughs> so like we could combine our names and put some bunch of accents. But Umlaus and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my last name I found out from an Italian immigrant is not Parisi, but it's Parisi. <laughs> Are you so, Italian? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm Mexican, Italian, and Lebanese. There you go. And oh, that's why you're so good at food. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you got good stock. Also, it means nothing because I can't tan. <laughs> I, like, I get really? sunburned. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a baddie. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, man. Like, I get nice and crispy in the, <laughs> in the summer. I go to Belle Isle for, like, one day, and then all of a sudden my back is nice and red. Damn. Well, we are talking about three deep culinary traditions, though, right? Mm-hmm. That's great, man. So in terms of the food, my palate is wonderful, for <laughs> sure. My Thanksgivings were lovely. Oh, man. You had, you know, your honey-baked ham and stuffing of the American tradition, but then also hummus, baba ganoush, tabbouleh, oh, enchiladas, yes. guacamole, and then mastacholi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I went to a, a Thanksgiving uh, dinner that was not with my Italian side. And I was like, where are the stuffed shells? <laughs> they were like, what are you talking about? Who eats stuffed shells on Thanksgiving? Yeah, like, <laughs> the whole crossy side of the family. <laughs> what, what else would be like American Italian? Uh, well, um, my grandma had uh, a, a recipe for a stuffing that she'd make. And um, it was with rice. I mean, it was like your typical bread stuffing, but it was with rice and Italian sausage and ground beef as well. Uh, and uh, sounds good yeah and i no one in my she died like 15 years ago and nobody has really started making that recipe again so i finally was like this is ridiculous like <laughs> i remember this being so it's called she calls it gonza and if you google gonza like you can't find anything about this so i was like that made me want to revive the recipe even yeah. more and so i figured it out uh, the, the recipe that's written out, it's like horrible. Like I'm so used to reading like minimalist baker and cookie and Kate and like these really good <laughs> recipe sites where they're just like bon appetit where yeah, it's so like well laid out so yeah. good. And it's like the first time I've looked at a bad recipe in a long time. And I was like, <laughs> God bless my grandma for this. And so I like rewrote it so that it made more sense. Cause you know, there's like things in the ingredient list that aren't mentioned in the steps. And uh, I ended up coming up with a vegetarian version as well with like a soy sausage and, oh, nice. and soy beef. And um, oh, man, it's it like, compares well, though. To yeah, at, honestly, I fed it to my family without telling them and they thought it was amazing. And then afterwards, I was like, that one was vegetarian. by the way. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, because it's not meant to be It's not like eating steak and potatoes. It's just like, you know, ground beef in the sauce or in the um, stuffing itself. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good. Um, yeah, why didn't you bring me any? I know. What was I thinking? I brought it to the marble <laughs> bar. I brought the meat version to the marble bar Friendsgiving a couple years back. Good idea. Yeah. I made friends that night because of it. Thanks, <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> hey, you're the kid with the grandma recipe, right? Yeah. You play exactly. music too? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to like put that recipe somewhere because I'd like for more people to, to cook that. It's a Croce family business right there. <laughs> Um, you've traveled a lot. You've had the opportunity to travel a lot of places playing music. Yeah. And I think that that's something beautiful to say of like the career that you've built for yourself. You and I were talking earlier on how we both have gotten ourselves into this career that isn't necessarily like what we went to school for, but uh, oh, yeah. it works for us. And I'm, I'm fortunate to say that I've traveled a lot too, and I've eaten at a lot of great places. But I wanted to ask you of all your different travels, what's the one greatest sandwich that you've eaten? Oh my God, this is a deep question. The, I had a really, really good pambazo in LA Ooh. in the arts district. It was out of a food truck. It was out front of Stumptown Coffee. And so I was just sitting there having a cup of coffee, getting hungry. And I was like, well, I wonder what this food truck is selling. I, and I never knew what pambazos were before that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I got two. Which was like too much, but That's I was like, lot. well, I want to try to, I don't care <laughs> that like, I'm not going to finish either of these, but I, I want to try both. That was, that was the best. And maybe it's cause it's like the first time I've had a pambaz, but I went back like a couple of years later and I was like, no, this is still really, really good. <laughs> Sick. So yeah. you've had other pambazos around. Uh, yeah. Where else have I had? I think I had one in Chicago. I haven't had any in Detroit yet, but we did just pass that spot. La Fogata. Yeah. I put it on my phone. <laughs> La Fogata go has that. a pambazo around here for sure. I think there's a handful of other places that sell them, but yeah, I'm definitely, I haven't been to La Fogata. It looks, I think there's two, there's one in the gas station and there's like more of a legit restaurant. We should probably go on the way back to Detroit. Yeah, right. Back home. <laughs> so yeah, it's no brainer. We'll just record part two in the yeah, car. Just in the car, yeah. <laughs> but I, I also, um, God, there's so many good sandwiches. I love the Il Rocco at Rocco's. So good. They just did it so right. Mm -hmm. um, I love, we're, I'm taking you there. We're doing a part two. I'm going to take you to Bomberitos in St. Clair Shores. My grandma knew the Bomberitos. It's like a proper old school Italian sub with 
sesame seed bun. I put banana peppers on it. Yeah. It's like a hoagie. It's like yeah. say in Philly here. Cold cuts? Cold cuts for sure. Definitely. Nothing warmed up? No, nothing warmed up. Old school. Uh, yeah. Is that old school? Yeah. I, I mean, when you, when you walk in, it smells like cold cuts typically, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's another one of those like Italian grocery stores that, that sell oil, yeah, olive yeah. oil <laughs> and like chocolates from Italy and like imported, yep. like maybe some liquors of some sort. Yeah. That yeah, limoncello. Yeah. Limoncello <laughs> and vermouth. <laughs> the other, the second honorable mention best Italian style hoagie I've had is JP Graziano in Chicago, West Loop. JP Graziano. Yeah. That, if that's not an Italian name, I don't know what is. Yeah, totally. Uh, and really my friend, and you'll have to meet him. His name's Jarrett Tebbets. He's a really good DJ in, in Pittsburgh. He does a party called cold cuts, which is kind of a pun, right? Cuts yeah. Records. And, uh, he, anywhere he travels, he's like the hoagie guy, like Italian style cold cuts. That's his thing. He came to Chicago. He took the Amtrak in from Pittsburgh, which is like, oh, that's a long, it's like 12 hours. Yeah. And, uh, he got in and by like noon when we met up, he picked up three cold cuts and they're like in his backpack. <laughs> and we did like a tasting <laughs> session at our friend's house and we were like ranking them and oh man, all three were so good. But Graziano, that was the spot. That was like number one. We all agreed that was number one. So he got him three different places. Yeah, he literally, I kid you not, got off the Amtrak at eight in the morning. And since these places are markets, you can actually like go in at 830 or nine in the morning Lovely. and get a sandwich. But it's just like his bag just like smelled like onions. <laughs> so funny you're preaching to the choir man yeah like, i usually like carry a good sandwich company. in my bag and it always smells like onions stay strapped man yeah sometimes you just got to be locked and loaded oh my go. gosh and the other thing too is he got sharp uh sharp provolone oh and he, he was like they were really impressed with me when i got sharp provolone. <laughs> they're like oh this guy knows this kid knows what's up hey hook the kid up huh yeah exactly he asked for the shop provolone take care of him oh huh? my god <laughs> Speaking of provolone, do you have a favorite cheese? Uh, no, no, I don't have a favorite cheese. I've never really met a cheese I didn't like. I got to be honest. I love them all. Um, big thing is I've just been trying to cook with uh, more. Oh, what, oh, I can't believe I'm brain farting. What do you use for risotto that's like Parmesan, but a little different? Starts mm. with the R. Um, Reggiano? No, no, that's the R of the Parmesan. Yeah, I can't remember right now, but... I've, uh, apparently in Italy, that's how I do. If the recipe in the States calls for like a cup of Parmesan in yeah. Italy, you do like two thirds cups of the other thing and one third cup of Parmesan. How do I suck at not remembering things right now? I, uh, well, I had a long weekend, so yeah. I'm just gonna, it's yeah, a little it's okay. fried. It's, it's all good. Fine. Everybody <laughs> knows the people who know how to cook know what we're yeah. talking about right now. Yeah. For our friends at home that make risotto, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> do that thing more <laughs> because it's saltier. Yeah, it is Yeah, for sure. Um, is there something that you can't live with? Like I, you need it on a sandwich. Absolutely. Ooh, no, I guess, but I, it's been, I've been pleasantly surprised with like what you can put on a sandwich. Like when I went to England, I had a chip buddy and I was like, what's a chip yeah. buddy? So I guess French fries on a sandwich. Yep. Like does French fries need a sandwich? Yeah, but if you do it right, it's really good. I mean, it's like the, I mean, this is a little different, but putting the uh, falafel on a sandwich. Yeah. I've always thought about it in a wrap. Carb on carb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Which, but, I mean, chip chips on a sandwich, like, you can do either the, the French fries, like that would be, yeah. or even just like the crunchy, like, better made on a sandwich, which I'm a huge fan of. Oh, that's like real Detroit situation. Oh, totally. Wow. I mean, so when we do the Kana chicken sandwiches, we offer the house-made chips that we make in the back on the side, so you can just mosh it right there on this yourself. I'm about that. Yeah. I get that. It sounds good. Yeah. I mean, okay, so like... Now thinking about fries in a sandwich, have you had Permanti Brothers in Pittsburgh? No. When no? I was in, I was only in Pittsburgh for like a real brief time. I ate Jamaican food. Ooh, <laughs> no sandwiches, nice. but good stuff. Pittsburgh's awesome for food. Yeah, it was a fun city. I mean, I went and I DJed at this gay bathhouse until the sun came up, Hell and yeah. so that was like the only place open for brunch, like at four p.m. <laughs> when we were eating brunch. But um, yeah, we had really good uh, Korean food when we were there. Like, it's it's a cool little town, and it's gorgeous. Oh, it's so nice and hilly. Yeah. When the sun hits, the water's really nice, yeah. for sure. All the bridges. Yeah. 
Permanti Brothers is this old school spot. You know, thin deli meats with a, a, a slap of cheese melted on a flat top. Mm. And then they put it on, like, a ton of lettuce on two white pieces of bread with a giant, like, fistful, like an old man's fistful of French fries. Oh, that sounds good. You yeah. said this is in Philly? It's in, No, Pittsburgh. Oh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. When I was in Philly, I had, like, a good old school Philly cheesesteak, right, with mm. the provolone and the peppers and the onions. And, but to this day, I would say... The best Philly I've had is in Lansing, Michigan. What? <laughs> yeah. It used to be called the Best Steakhouse, which is bold, um, <laughs> but best in the name. But if you, um, it's still there, but I think it's just called like the Steakhouse Inn or something. But it's just like an enormous Philly cheesesteak and they put mayo on it. And I, I love mayo on everything. So I'm okay with that. And it was as good, if not better than the ones I had in, in Philadelphia. Dang. Yeah. That's like the reason to go to Lansing, I'd say. It's just for a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, why not? Get off the free. It's right under 127. You're not really going out of the way. Kalamazoo 127 is where it's at. I tried to get back when I used to skateboard more. I tried to get them to sponsor me and they were like, what? What? What, what would that entail? Just a sandwich place? So I just like some sandwiches, I guess. God, I, yeah, I, I feel like I would want a sponsorship from a food place if I did anything that would be sports worthy. I guess, yeah, technically I want a sponsorship sponsorship from a food place for doing everything that I'm doing currently. Yeah. That would Which, be, that's, yeah, well, you know, we do have to hand it up to, uh, to the Detroit 75. They hooked it up today. Today's sponsorship by Detroit 75. <laughs> We're fully Absolutely. intending on paying for it. But, oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. But those guys are amazing. What a wonderful business. And like, this is well, the plan for me was to, to go and, and come back and talk about these guys again, because those episodes that we have are lost. Yeah. They're on SoundCloud. Oh. Um, and I want to make sure that we talk about them here because, the food is outstanding. I've brought them up several times already on the podcast before. Nice. And now here we are again eating their delicious food. Yeah. And it's, um, just, it's so mom and pop, just low key. They just made it work. It's a permanent truck. It's, and it's chill. It's so great. It's so good. Yeah. Gotta love it. Um, one place I want to ask you really quick. Have you been to Mink yet? No, I haven't. That's the same restaurant group as Marrow and Farmer's Hand, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, so man. I love seafood. Ping and uh, and the entire team there has yeah. been doing an outstanding job at putting together a really good restaurant program. And Marrow is obviously you and I we we both love Marrow. Oh yeah. But Mink is the um like the the raw yeah. bar version of that like raw seafood. So that level. Oh, that level. But but raw, which you got in Michigan, is hard to do. And it's paired with really good sakes too. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm about that. Which I, I, I'm a huge sake nut. Yeah. I like like the funky kinds of sake, like a sake that you, you would, wouldn't necessarily think to find because most of it is like Junmai Ginjo or Junmai Dai Ginjo, which is like nice little sweet mm. melon and pineapple flavors, you know, aromatic. Uh, it's lighter. It's more appealing to... Uh, the audience that doesn't necessarily know about sake, but sure. when you get that funky umami, mushroomy, wet leavesy, yeah, that sounds taste, great, and you get that with a really nice raw oyster, that's yeah, perfect combo. And they, they'll tell you right there, oh, this oyster goes good with this sake. It's like, yeah, yeah sweet. It's we're just so lucky to be doing what we do right now when there's so many people that care so much about what whether oh, their craft, whether it's making food behind the scenes alcohol food there's like no excuse to like not do an elevated job totally and i'm very proud to say that i'm a member of this city and i'm able to walk around and and love the things that everybody is doing with each other for each other yeah and same thing with you yeah man it's a good it's a nice community to be a part of because it seems like everyone wants to see everybody succeed yeah yeah and we have the opportunity to dance some calories off with my friends yes (laughs) this friday Let's do a quick dance break and we'll come right back. This is Sandwich Talk. All right. Sandwich Talk runs on Ant Knees. Based out of Eastern Market in Detroit, Michigan, this chip, salsa, and guacamole team offers fresh, all-natural, locally sourced snack foods for every single occasion. Need a break from your desk? Get some salsa. Not interested in helping your friend move? Get that guac. I think I love you, Sarah. My name's Sandra. Grab a bag of chips. Find store locations today at antonies.com and visit every Saturday at Eastern Market for the exclusively sold guacamole here in Detroit, Guac City. 
And we're back with our last sandwich. We are doing this. I'm excited to eat the last sandwich now. I'm already eating more of the first and second <laughs> one. <laughs> but yeah. My plate is not as full as yours. Yeah, I'm, I'm hogging. I'm hoarding the food over <laughs> That's here. That's fine, dude. Good for you. I, I, I have the tahini. Do you want it? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Get tahini, tahini all over the world. Put it on everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. You can literally take tahini and put it on most things and you'll be fine. Yeah, man. Um, it's super easy day, to make, too. The other day, put tahini in a smoothie. Oh, why not? Dude, great idea. Yeah. Because somebody told me that they put sesame seeds in a smoothie. Yeah. So why not put a little oily sesame seeds? Why not tahini? Yeah, I'm about it. So turned out really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. It was like oilier peanut butter. Peanut butter right. With like the sesame type taste. Yeah, I'm going to try that. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Sandwich Goes. talk. We out here. Yeah. Breaking conventional food norms. <laughs> uh, smoothie talk is on right after this. But after uh, we, we first have to get through this last segment before you can hit smoothie talk. The yes, host yes. for that show come in a little bit later. Uh, they're finishing up their classes. Um, Amazing. So we have this last sandwich. This is a sandwich that has been served to my Instagram feed for like the last uh, two, three weeks telling served me that I need, Instagram. I need to be eating the shrimp po' boy. Apparently Instagram knows that I like shrimp po' boys. Is it, was it like a sponsored post or just, they just keep posting about it? I oh, think oh my God, look the at that algorithm shrimp. just happens to coincide with my life. Wow. Is this a thing that they're doing just for uh, um, Lent or something? It's the special. It was on their special board. I I hope that they keep it around. Okay. It's available every day for over this time. So I don't think with the amount of people that have been coming and talking about it, I don't think that they're going to stop doing it. Yeah, we'll call them. We'll let them know. Yeah. So this is good. The shrimp looks really lightly battered. Mm -hmm. Not like it. Because that's like a weird thing, right? When you put something deep fried on a sandwich and it can just like be way too much starch. Totally. Crunchiness. So what? Remoulade, lettuce, tomato. I mean, I guess that's all you really need on a po'boy. I've never been to New Orleans, but I think that's the... It's pretty standard, yeah. And then it's got that same bun from the sandwich that we just tried last time. So this bun is nice and squishy. It's... um. I, it tasted a little bit sweet, like it was yeah, a little sugary. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I like that personally. So did I. It's not too wide or too long. Don't no need too big of a sandwich. I really love it though. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm holding it. It's it's got a good girth. It's got a good girth. <laughs> sandwich girth on the SG scale of one to eleven. I'd I'd say that this is a good like um this is a seven nine girth. Yeah, yeah. yeah seven nine SG. I'd say so. Yeah. And if, we're, if we're looking at 1 to 11, yeah. <laughs> so in the words of uh, American Psycho, don't just look at it, eat it. <laughs> nice American Psycho reference. We're going to the Dorsey after this for drinks. <laughs> Do they show that there? What? Do they show the movie there? At the Dorsia? <laughs> I wish the Dorsia was a real place. That'd be cool. I don't even, I think I'm missing. Oh, reference. that was the restaurant in oh, American Psycho. It was but like they were the comparing one. business cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, this yeah. is a good sandwich. Is it? All right, I'm going to bite in. So first, my first bite has two massive pieces of shrimp staring at me. Yeah, you might have to bump it on the girth scale. I'm going for it. Go for it. Girth first. Mm. Yeah, the shrimp is perfectly cooked. Mmm. Mm-hmm. The remoulade has like a tiny bit of zip, a little like that little bit of spice, nothing too much. Mm-hmm. And the shrimp is not overdone. You know, nothing. No, you don't want gooey shrimp, Mm-mm. like too gummy. Yeah, you gotta go get this sandwich. Okay, so it's a lot juicier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Too. Like when I first saw the pictures on Instagram, it didn't look like it was going to be this juicy, mm-hmm. but in actuality. It's another one of those Uzi boys that's getting all over the place, which I really, really like. Um, yeah, this the, is not a sandwich to eat in your car. <laughs> <laughs> Just all over the, the steering wheel. You've got remoulade and mm-hmm. shrimp batter. But the remoulade is really good. Mm-hmm. Spicy, almost like reminiscent a little bit of like kind of the tahini was too. Yeah, I actually was kind of getting mm-hmm. that, that nuttiness as well. It's, yeah. Uh, very unique. The one thing about uh, Detroit 75 is that 
a lot of these sandwiches have almost uh, some sort of like reminiscence of Middle Eastern cuisine. Yeah, they're fusion. Mm-hmm. That, that, like, with that Philly, that was not like a Philadelphia no. Philly, but the steak, you could put it in a Philadelphia Philly and it would stand up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I like the spot so much. It's just that fusion thing they got going. Which, I mean, we're very fortunate to have that in Detroit, and specifically the metro Detroit area, because we do have so much of a Middle Eastern culture and, and influence from, through Dearborn and yeah. then also, you know, Hamtramck and other neighborhoods all throughout the metro area now. I took that for granted so much, um, especially when I lived in Chicago for a year and a half. And then anytime I travel for a long time, you know, when you're like, don't want to spend a bunch of money, but you want to get really full. You go to a Middle Eastern spot. <laughs> totally. And we are so spoiled here mm-hmm. with Middle Eastern spots that are really good. Sometimes I forget how spoiled we are with just the amazing food that has been here in the city for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, not just Middle Eastern, like what we're talking about now, but you could also just get cheap eats at basically any Coney. Mm-hmm. Like a Coney dog is something that when I was away from Detroit for a handful of months, mm-hmm. The first thing that I did was I came back and I got a Coney. Of course. You know? Straight from the airport. (laughs) Can we do a stop real quick? I just need to stop here and get this Coney. Um, Going back to the sandwich, though, because I'm going to pick it right back up and eat it again. Mm -hmm. The shrimp is perfect. You were saying earlier that it's cooked really well, but also the battering is wonderful. I think that the battering has a little bit of a spice to it. Yeah. Um, It's a light batter. It's not the type of batter that actually crisps off the shrimp either. Yeah, it's, it's all on one there. Boy, for sure. Um, the lettuce and the tomato once again, super fresh. And then the the I'm I'm almost getting like a squishiness from yeah. the bun that's created just one whole unit here. Yeah, it's nice that you can't tell all the sauces or, or the flavors have melded together. It doesn't taste like the shrimp has one flavor, the sauce has another flavor, the bread has another flavor. They all kind of come together. It's a good thing we got some wet wipes here. My hand is covered in the the sauce. You nasty. Mm. Carlos, nasty. I got that nasty hand going on right now. Mm, mm, mm. Don't you know about Corona? (laughs) Okay, you're right. Wiping my hand and not eating all of the sauce off my hand. No, I think you're fine. (laughs) Try anything once. Don't you know about Corona? (laughs) Oh my God, these three sandwiches were all so good. Somebody was, I was, I was walking to Buddy's uh, the other day, the new Buddy's downtown. Oh, yeah. Nice. I went, I went to the Bernie Sanders rally the other night. At Buddy's? <laughs> I, did, I didn't think Buddy's was down for the people like that. <laughs> Buddy's feels the burn. Yeah, right? Well, Hopcat does. Does it? Oh, they're about oh, that wow. life, dude. Yeah. They did, they did fundraisers there in 2016. Well, good, on good on that. Yeah, they're, they're not new. Yeah. For good. sure. But... So Sorry, after, after the Bernie rally, I yeah. went to Buddy's, and um, as I was walking in, I just hear this one dude hooting and hollering at this girl. The girl was wearing close to nothing. She was oh boy. on the way to a club of sorts, and it was for rigid outside. Okay. And the, the man just goes, why don't you have a jacket? Go catch Corona. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying he was leering at her, like 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 catcalling. Yeah, that was his catcall. <laughs> He's like, damn, girl, why'd you have a jacket? Go catch Corona. Oh, and I think that God. got them talking to each other. And I don't know if it was a really nice connection that they made. I went in and got slices. Jacket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Is a, is a calzone a sandwich? Ooh. I, I'm over the hot dog question. I want to know, is a calzone a sandwich? Dang. That's... I would say, yeah. Our producer's giving a thumbs up turned into a maybe. Okay, so... A calzone is one of those things that I think stands on its own as well in being part of a separate category. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't consider it a sandwich. I wouldn't say it's sure. It it goes back to the same question. The, the description of if somebody were to say, Hey man, I'm going to go get you a sandwich. Are you cool with that? And then comes back with, yeah. A calzone. You're bummed. It's not that you're bummed. You're still going to eat it, but you were just expecting something else. It's not what you were expecting. Yeah. And our producer's saying it's not sandwich bread. It's not the sandwich bread. Yeah. Which is, I guess, the same reason why a taco or a quesadilla isn't a sandwich either. But like, okay, so I mean, you've also got 
things that would be not necessarily sandwich bread either, like a wrap. But I think a wrap is still a sandwich. Oh, interesting. Like a wrap. See, I don't. No. No. That's why it's good we got this falafel on the bun. To make it more sandwichy. Because otherwise, I think it's disqualified from sandwich talk. I mean, it's your show. I'm just a guest. <laughs> I really appreciate it. you having me on here. I'm just going to change the well, rules like, real okay, quick. Okay, so in Dearborn specifically, they have chicken shawarma sandwiches. Okay. You know, chicken shawarma sandwich is in the the, the in the name bread. It's in the wrap. Yeah, it's in the name. It's called a sandwich. All right. I'm going to take the L on this and say I'm wrong. <laughs> in that, I, I changed my mind. Not here to beat you down, man. No, I'm just, no. I'm just this is growth back. in action <laughs> being recorded for the public. <laughs> um, I, 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 that's, uh, so the calzone question is a great question that I've never thought to myself. Yeah. Um, I've got lots of dumb existential questions. Go ahead. What's your next no, one? Well, yeah. now I'm out of them. But. Oh, well, I thought you said you had so many. <laughs> Talking a big game over here. <laughs> I've got so many questions. I just can't remember them. It's fine. <laughs> just so full of sandwich <laughs> and Dude, time change. Seriously, though, <laughs> this week, I, we could talk about this week for a second. This week is the time change, yeah. a full moon, Friday the 13th. Slash 313 day. And I've had six sandwiches today. <sighs> what were the first three? Oh, I went to Bellachino's with my friend Shingo. Oh, God bless Shingy. <laughs> you two together. He's a good guy. What, so were they like hoagies? So they're grinders. Well, Him so and I were talking about going thing, right? and getting grinders. No, I mean, a grinder is that flat pressed, super melty, oven baked, oh. like pizza style sub sandwich. See, I'm a bad Italian. I don't know. A hoagie is typically like not flat pressed, right. not extremely melty. Typically, it can be melty. It's like warm ingredients, but the bun isn't like that crispy boy. It's not crunchy. Mm-hmm. I just said two things that describe Rice Krispies. <laughs> or, or no, what was they it? Butter, Butterfinger? Crispity, crunchy Butterfinger? There we go. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm eating more of this po' boy. <laughs> yeah. So talk to me about it. Like, what's, what's your favorite thing in it? And then what could you live without? Um, I like strong flavors. This is pretty tangy and it's got that good, uh, body to it. I don't know. There's nothing I could live without. I just right. wish we could have, we could have tried it right when they handed it to us. I, I agree. I'm curious what that would have been like with the bread. Unfortunately with our podcast, we bring it here mm-hmm. and we, we use the studio space as our, our dining area. Nothing so this is very much a to go sandwich talk, but you know, in a way, I feel like so much food is really bad to go. So the fact that these are all still some of the best sandwiches I've ever had. Hell yeah. Like an hour later. is kind of insane. Wow. You know what I mean? Totally. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, to wash it down, we got hooked up with uh, some of the strawberry lemonade that they have there. And it's so good. Yeah. I originally, when they offered it, I was like, nah, nah, I'm good. But mm. they looked at me like... My grandma looked at me when I went to eat her food, which is like, oh, you, so you don't like me and my family? <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll you take- don't need no meat? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't know you hated our ancestors. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll take the, the, the lemonade. <laughs> so offensive. <laughs> it's so good, though. It's, it's very sweet, but it's got that acid. Well, like, so I didn't, I didn't answer. I don't know if you noticed, but when they asked if we wanted the lemonade, I didn't answer. You said no. Yeah, I know. And I just kind of stayed off to the side and I was like, um, and then she started pouring the lemonade already. And I was like, oh, then yeah, I definitely want the lemonade. Thank you. (laughs) We're not going to throw this out. (laughs) I'm not going to say no. I definitely want it. Yeah. Cause I hate, I'm not going to deny anything. 100%. This is delicious lemonade. Yeah. Um, there, this Detroit 75 kitchen is one of those places where, if you know about it, then you totally know about it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know about it, then you definitely know about it now. Yeah. Because you're going to learn on sandwich talk. Seriously. And people get there. That's That place has a cult following. The people line outside for it. They got a nice little sitting area outside too. But even in the winter, dude, yeah. that place is pushing out clients. Good for them. Yeah. It's just like, isn't it just him and his brother? And they have the staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he owns the uh, the gas station next door too. Oh, mm-hmm. that's convenient. I'm pretty sure that's him. Okay. Yeah. Or him and his brother, or him and the family, or maybe just him. To be honest with you, not really 100% yeah. sure. Sure. But I just love when people do things for the sake of doing it, right? Like 
he's not trying to scale necessarily. He's not trying to get bigger for the sake of being bigger. Mm-hmm. She's like, I do really good food out of this truck on Fort Street. Oh, we should tell him where it is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, it's on Fort Street. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in Southwest Detroit. Like, um, I've been trying to get out of the city to go eat more sandwiches, but this is one place that has been on my radar forever, and I've really just wanted to continue to talk, talk about it because I don't think enough people know about this place. And yeah. Once you do know about it, it's like you need to start bringing friends there. You need to come over and um, grab some things to go. They're only open until six right now, which doesn't allow that much time if you're a nine to fiver to right. go get food. But if you're there for lunchtime, you can definitely do it. Yeah. They have like a pretty big sitting area, which is, uh, which is nice. Yeah. And it's tucked away far enough off of Fort street that you don't feel like you're eating on a highway. Totally. Yeah. Um, let's go back into you though, because I've been to a lot of places where you have brought such a beautiful vibe that I think that the reason why people want to go and see your shows is not just because of the incredible music that you play, but also you're really good at mixing and blending music. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, your records extremely well. Uh, yeah, man, I don't, I, so I have a vivid memory being in elementary school and it was like right when I first started getting some cassettes for Christmas and my birthday and stuff. And I remember when they were doing calls for the talent show and I just was like, man, I just wish I could show people my favorite music. Wow. <laughs> and I didn't know what a DJ was like. I, I, I don't know. It was elementary school. So I'm like nine years old in Gross Point, Michigan. <laughs> I don't know any DJs other than people who play weddings. Right. So <laughs> I just I remember having that thought. And then I started playing bass when I was like 10. I started and. Through there, of course, you're always just looking for more music to learn to play along to. And then by the time I finally started DJing, I already had this like deep love and nerdiness for recorded music. And so DJing just became like an extension of that. Yeah. Like showing people my favorite music, trying to get people to have a new favorite song. Um, I think that's a that's a good metric of how your night's going is if somebody has like a new favorite song. Um, it just, I think a good DJ can play anything um, if they set it up correctly. Yeah. You know, like you could just play somebody jamming on a banjo for like three minutes. As long as you set it up correctly, you can't just like <laughs> drop it out of the gate. Um, and I don't know. I just. From Janet Jackson to banjo. Boom. Yeah. There's there got to be a way. Um, I'll, and I'm going to find it. Damn it. Uh, but no, it's just. um it's one of those things, and maybe you feel this way about what you do, but uh, it's one of the things that I feel like, wow, I feel really comfortable behind two turntables. Mm-hmm. I, I feel really comfortable putting music together for a group of people. I don't feel comfortable when like people stand in front of me and watch what I'm doing like I'm in a rock band or something. So I'm like, oh, no, no, yeah. go go kiss somebody. I don't know. Go dance. <laughs> go dance with somebody. It's like I'm just here to like supply the the atmosphere and the vibe like um, i don't think what i'm doing looks particularly good but um yeah it's been it's been really fun i never thought i would do it for a living and so the fact that i'm able to do that just it, without sounding contrived it's like it's it's just like a it's a blessing you know yeah and going back to what you said about having somebody find a favorite song yeah I remember myself, I've Shazammed several times oh, great. at Temple Bar yeah. listening to your music because it's like, wow, I don't know what the song is, but I love it. And you just toss the phone up and I've seen other people. That's a good metric of a good night too. Dude, yeah. A ton of friends of mine have said, oh, this is a Peter Kircher jam. Or oh, amazing. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> that's been, that's been so exciting being able to, people send me songs like, I don't know if you know this, but this is totally one of your songs. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know this, but thanks for thinking of me and sending this along. Yeah. yeah. And like, I have songs that I've been like, this song is incredible. And then you jam it for that next week in your car. And you're like, yeah, I heard this over at Sermon. It was insane. Oh man. Um, Thank you for that. I think that's really the, the beauty of what a DJ does. Cause mm-hmm. so much, I know Detroiters know what DJs do, but outside people either ask me if I like DJ weddings and bar mitzvahs, or if I'm like an EDM guy and I'm like, <laughs> n- no, neither, none of the above. Um, and we were talking earlier during the break about like how just, limited the YouTube algorithm or the Spotify algorithm could be. And I think if you can find 
your favorite DJ, they probably have a radio show. They're probably posting their favorite songs in their Instagram stories. Playlists. Yeah, like that's really, I mean, there's something to be said about curation. And that's mm-hmm. my job is to curate music. So like I'm trying to take care of everybody. You know what I mean? Trying to be a shepherd of good music. You played uh, an opening uh, for a um, advertising organization called Detroit Lives on top of the Penobscot building one year. That was a great party. What a hell of a party that man. was bananas cool place and for those of you that don't know the penobscot on the top floor used to have a stock trading room floor oh that's why that was like that and these guys ended up uh turning it into because for years it was untouched cobwebs gross disgusting and when their offices flooded at the david scott building oh. it was david scott the scott building i believe yeah stott stott building i don't Whatever. know man i'm just gonna agree with you the building that had that club in it oh <laughs> And their office is flooded and it was just bad news. So they had to go find an office. They were running through the Penobscot looking all over. Nothing was big enough. And the guy was like, well, I got one room left. Takes him up to the top. He's like, no one's touched it in years. Opens it up and it's the stock trading room floor. It's got the ladders with a catwalk and actual like ticker tape numbers on a wire. And they fell in love. And they fell in love and turned it into an advertising studio, which you threw the the party at. It was basically <laughs> you creating the ambiance with free sushi as well. Oh yeah, I think and, they called me like the day before too. <laughs> like I recall it being like like a hectic. But yeah, well, thank you for that, man. I really appreciate that. I think I would love to play more parties like that. Like I love playing bars. I love even playing background music at at restaurants and stuff. And obviously, club gigs, festival gigs are great, but. When you have a party like that, where you're like supporting somebody's business and you're like, ooh, we're partying in a space that's a little unexpected. Like this is different from a dance floor at a club. Um, that Those are really fun gigs to play. Totally. Yeah. Especially when it's surrounded by a bunch of people that you know yeah. and love. Yeah. And being like 30 floors up in downtown <laughs> Detroit overlooking the skyline doesn't hurt either with the window open yeah yeah well yeah that was i remember people going out there to smoke and we're like we maybe shouldn't do that <laughs> it's the top of the penobscot yeah there's like a i can't believe i said that on the recording but you know <laughs> what's would you say like you have probably some memory of maybe the best party that you've played in detroit yeah um I feel really lucky that I I have a monthly at Temple Bar that it, uh, it so we did sermon for like five and a half years and wow. yeah and we decided to change it up and now we call it Mango Dive and we just play like <laughs> tropical music and we got like free dried mangoes around that you can have and really yeah and they're pa- they're packaged so in the age of coronavirus you can open it yourself and eat it. <laughs> But um, I have a lot of great memories at Temple Bar, but I also have a monthly residency at Motor City Wine called Sunday Revival. Yeah. And man, I will like come back from vacation for that party. You know, like that is just like my favorite. It's it's the fourth Sunday of the month. Um, and that's just I feel like I can play anything I want. I feel like there's like a there are people I see every time who I don't know who they are, but like, there's like this mutual respect. Like, thank you for coming to totally. to dance. And they're like, thank you for playing. <laughs> and, um, Motor City Wine is such a great spot, especially on Sunday nights. I mean, that low ceiling, I think makes all the difference. Right. Yeah. And, and people drinking wine act different from people drinking Jameson, I guess. Or light beer. Yeah. Or light beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I have really amazing memories of like, um, the first time I ever played out my track revival and I was so nervous cause I've, I've always been more of a DJ, less of a producer. So I played it out there. It was, um, it was the end of 2016. And I, I remember shaking as I'm mixing the record and, and, and people started going bananas for it. Um, and I was like, Oh, this really feels like home. <laughs> and I, I also have like another memory too. And I was talking about this in an interview I just did. And, I, um, basically I was playing uh, an edit from an artist uh, of the band Yellow. It's like old 80s kind of joint. And the way that the DJ edited it, it sounds quite a bit different from the original. It's like a lot slower. And I'm playing it, I'm playing it, and it's like 11 minutes. like goes a lot of places. And this old friend of mine I went to college with happened to be there. And he came up to me and was like, is this tied up by Yellow? And I was like, yeah, man. He's like, (laughs) dude, my my dad and I used to listen to this song a lot when we were kids. And, and I, the way he said it was like bittersweet. And I was like, Oh, 
yeah. And he's like, yeah, I haven't talked to him in like 10 years. Wow. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to call him tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Cool. Your music moves people. I guess. Yeah. I mean, when I walk into Motor City Wine and you're playing, typically when you walk in, everybody's got a pretty good smile on their face anyway. And people are happy and everybody there knows everybody. And if you don't, you still feel very welcome. Yeah. But on your night specifically, the smiles are ear to ear. Oh, everybody is beaming to the rafters and everybody seems to hug and embrace each other because they are they do truly know and love each other. And they experience that to have that same party time, excitement, fun. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily just about let's go out and drink. That's right. one thing that Detroit has been good at uh, very much recently, too, is like you don't have to go out and drink anymore. You just go out and dance and yeah. have a great time. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you saying that. It's it's so hard as an artist to know how you're impacting people. Often you feel like you're standing on a mountaintop and just screaming into the void. And you're like, I hope people are hearing this. I mean, you know, the label turned six uh, in May. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I need another Rock City Disco hat, by the way. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, do, <laughs> including myself. So maybe that's the 2020 resolution. Do um, you have other merch? Yeah, we got a lot of t-shirts. Cool. Um, we've been doing a record, a vinyl record a month this year. Uh, January was Eddie Logics. That one sold out immediately. Amazing, by the way. Thanks, what man. a great album that was. Yeah, he smashed it, eh? Wow. Yeah. So the funniest thing about that is he sent me the first track, K Locos. He sent it to me and was like, he sent it to Blair actually and was like, hey, uh, I think I want to put this up on SoundCloud. And Blair was just like, send it to Peter. Yeah. <laughs> and we built a release out of it. And now we've almost sold 500. And which in 2020, 500 records is pretty good. Where can we find all of the stuff that you put together? Yeah. Uh, the best place to keep in touch with me is my website, petercroce.com. That's P-E-T-E-R-C-R-O-C-E.com. And uh, because I also do stuff outside of the label, like I have releases on other labels and that has all my tour information and stuff. Um, and then rocksteadydisco.com is also, uh, I would say those are the two best places to follow. Awesome. And I'm going to be traveling a lot, uh, this year, going to Miami, going to Boston, playing movement festival, going to New York soon, um, going to London and Berlin soon. So if you're reading this worldwide, maybe I'll be coming to a dance floor near you. <laughs> we, uh, we have one person that's listened to us in Europe, so. Oh, tight. Yeah. Is it a Detroit, is it Monty in Berlin? <laughs> like a Detroit expat? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Monty Luke, for listening yeah. to us that one time. Big up. <laughs> See you soon in Berlin. What events do you have coming up soon? Yeah, this is a good one. Um, I play Tuesday nights at Parameda Sound. So I'm playing with Dion Jamar tomorrow, which is the 11th of March. He's like one of the dudes I DJed with first back in the day when I first moved here. He's really good people. And then I uh, am doing my party at Temple Bar Mango Dive this Friday, the 13th. With wow. Blair French. We do it under our name, Belle Isle Balearic. And like I said, <laughs> it's just like all Afro-Brazilian, Latin, cosmic Balearic stuff. Warm music for cold nights, you know? Yeah. Music for millennial burnout. <laughs> is that what we call ourselves nowadays? <laughs> or is yeah. that the newer Detroit? That's what I call it. Uh, but then I'm also playing at uh, Motor City Wine at the end of the month with Dean Dixon from Canada. He just moved back from Bali. Um it's going to be March 22nd, I'm pretty sure. Whatever the fourth Sunday is. Okay. Yeah. And then otherwise, I'll be at Movement Festival. Hopefully, I'll see you First there time there. Really excited about that. First time playing at Movement. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You got to go check out that set. Do you know the set time? Yeah, roughly? 2 p.m. on Saturday. Opening the festival up, uh, hopefully, with ear-to-ear -ear grins. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be an awesome First set, vibe. first day. I'm really excited. I better have some good sandwiches in the green room, you know? <laughs> Let me know. I'll, oh, I can come help supply. Sandwich talk on location. We can do that. We could do a quick video over there. Yeah, that's easy. I'm fine with that. I'm a, yeah. Get me the right kind yeah. of wristband and we'll make it happen. Yeah, that'll be easy. Yeah, it's media wristband, right? Yeah. We'll <laughs> Today, find today's media. You can apply is food. for one. <laughs> this is sandwich talk on location. They got slows there. They have yeah. like a slows truck. Well, I'm not going to sell sandwiches. No, there. I'm just saying like we could walk around <laughs> with a boom. I'm like, how's that sandwich? Did you eat that sandwich today? So Did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, this week I don't actually have, uh, we're not doing Kana this week, but I do have Swerve every Saturday and Sunday morning for mm. breakfast burritos, which I know you have to come and get. Yeah. You were saying you didn't get yet, so I need you to try it out. Yeah, I'm sorry I haven't come yet. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> you don't seem upset. No. I, I just want to make space. I know space you're going to have it eventually. For your disappointment. <laughs> 
Um, and then make sure you check us out, Kana, next week. We're going to be starting Elephant Room on Thursdays again with the chicken sandwich. Aunt Knees every single Saturday. You can follow me on Instagram, Carlos underscore Parisi. Aunt Knees, Kana Detroit, Eat Swerve. We're out here doing all the things. But today, this has been Sandwich Talk. I've had my friend Peter Crow. Crowsey? Crow. Yeah, nailed it. Did I? Yeah. Okay. Crowsey. This has been Sandwich Talk. I thank all of you, Peter. I love you, dude. Love Your you vibe too, has man. always been so awesome and jovial, and I'm happy that we got to sit down and eat today. Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, this is really good. I love this. I love this podcast. So awesome, and I love sandwiches. How could you not? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Bye, everyone. Well, that's it for today. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to our guest Peter Croce, and thank you for having me. Sandwich Talk is a production of Flannan Ant Media powered by Pinecast, supported by Artwork and the National Endowment for the Arts. Check out more Planet Ant Podcasts at planetantpodcast.com. Our theme music is Bushwick Tarantella, and our ad read music is Lobby Time, both by Kevin McLeod. I want to thank our producer, Zach Bridges. We, of course, have our mustard valet, Michael Zubor. Our mailman, Carl Malone. Guest performer, Most Deft. And with us, always, our chief, Miles O'Brien. Thanks for listening. I'm Carlos. Hope you got hungry. Happy sandwich. Oh, shit. I want this sandwich. Estos son ribocos So nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How are we so lucky? I, yeah.